Good morning, church family. It's good to see you guys this morning. Y'all ready to worship the Lord? What a special time, huh? Special time we get to uh, acknowledge the birth of our risen King and Savior. Amen? Amen. So if you would, stand with me while we sing. Thank you. 
here live or if you're live streaming, uh, we are very uh, honored that you are here. Uh, it's good to see people you hadn't seen in a while uh, coming in from out of town to see family. And uh, so we just welcome everybody and we're glad you're here uh, today uh, with us. Brian, Merry Christmas, buddy. Yeah, Merry Christmas. We got a little jingle bell ringing in the background there. I that's just that's just Rudolph, man. That's just that's Rudolph. Just that's his glowing nose. Yeah, it's a glowing nose. You know, there's always sounds. But I'll tell you what, I appreciate that you wore a green shirt. Hey, you know, try to and get a into vest. And, and a vest. Well, Karen told me not to make any vest jokes. Uh, so she didn't tell me that. That's true. That's true. So. And I have a feeling if she did tell you, you would have made them anyway. Uh, well, it would have made the jokes even better. That's sure. right. You're right. But I'm You're only right. going to make one vest joke, and it's it's centered around Mike Kelly and you trying to be like him. You know what I mean? Well, I'll take the good with that and <laughs> leave the bad. You know, I'll take I'll take the good of being with Mike Kelly. Well, you know, uh, him sure. and Al are over in the other, uh, you know, auditorium mm-hmm. right now, and I guarantee you, there's a couple of vests. There right. are vests. I've seen them this morning. Yeah, there's vests. So this is your first. Christmas as a married man. It is. It so is. y'all get to start all kinds of new traditions. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. about that? Yeah. First Christmas together. Did y'all get an ornament that said first Christmas? We did. Oh, excellent. We get did. a snow yeah. globe with y'all's face in it. Yeah, yeah. No. Really? Who'd have thought, right? Who'd have thought? I mean, yeah. 
I definitely, if you'd have told me 12 years ago, hey, this is what you'll be doing, putting up ornaments with your wife and everything like that, I'd have been like, I'm not that guy. But here we are. Here we are. There's a lot of firsts sometimes, you know, first Christmas as a married couple, some of you first Christmas with, uh, with children, uh, you know, and, you know, for us, it's a first Christmas of traveling. Usually everybody travels to us. Uh, my daughter is hosting us, so we're heading to South Texas in the morning. And with uh, both my sons, and uh, and so we're going to be, she gets the mess, and come Thursday or Friday, we'll just leave it all behind. And we'll come home to a clean house, and uh, so it's her party, but we're excited about going down there. Um, you well, know, you know, for us, we uh, I'm used to not having anywhere uh, to be on Christmas other than places I choose. Mm-hmm. And now, since getting married, the thing that I found is I have uh, three different places to be uh, during one week, right? Right. So, and you're um, just told where to go. Now. Right. Now I'm told where to go. I'm told when to be there, what to bring, and everything else. This is a whole new yeah, experience for Karen me. Yeah, and Karen and I got 35 years coming up this year. Just do what you're told, and it'll be all right. You yeah. Know? 35 years of experience yeah. here. So just, just say, yes, ma'am. We'll, well be there. I'll tell you, I made the mistake of sharing what I thought. No. I ain't doing that again. No. Don't do that. No. There's, there's, there's reason we have roles here, but we'll right. talk about that as time goes on for sure. We want to start this morning with, uh, with our offering. Uh, you know, this is a giving season. We always think about giving. Maybe you're a last-minute gift giver. Uh, I'm in, I give approval. Well, I don't really give approval on the gifts. Karen tells me, and I nod and say, that sounds great. What do you want? Just and, and just kind of just go with it there. But mm-hmm. giving is God's idea. Uh, and I've mentioned before uh, it's been hijacked by the world uh, whenever it comes to offering and tithes, uh, but it's God's idea. He was the, is still, was and is the greatest giver of all. So we're going to uh, start this morning uh, by passing our plates. But before we do that, I do want to pray. I want to pray for several uh, this morning. Uh, one, the Johnson family. Some of y'all will remember David Johnson and Aloha Johnson. He is on um, just not in a good way uh, physically and any day now, uh, they're expecting him to pass. We also want to remember our own, our own Walt, uh, Big Walt. We probably know him, cleans the building here, is real sick, he's in the hospital. Um, but also, some of you are aware, uh, yesterday morning, uh, little Lane Fortenberry, uh, Judge and uh, Lindsay Fortenberry, Shelby's grandson, Shelby and Rick's grandson, had to be airlifted from Oklahoma City to Fort Worth Children's Hospital, three days old, having seizures. Uh, so they're obviously very scared. I talked to Judge yesterday, real scared, uh, first-time parents, uh, <laughs> or third-time parents, fifth-time parents. That's scary. Uh, so we're going to pray for them. And uh, I want to remember Lee and Lynn, who are here with us today. Yes. Um, they, uh, you got to pass out, huh? <laughs> out, of, out of the hospital. Thank goodness. I'm glad you're here. Uh, so let's, let's pray, and then we'll take up our offering. Father, we're grateful. Uh, for victories that that Lee is here with us today and continue to bless them with wisdom and healing um, as 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 the days ahead uh, present themselves with with uh, with those decisions that have to be made uh, for Miss Aloa and for David and uh, and his son David uh, at this what seems to be end of life that is so quick uh, bless them. Uh, with uh, with peace and and whatever needs to happen there and for little Lane, three days old, very scary. Judge and Lindsay and Rick and Shelby and uh, Lindsay's family. I know they're just really worried and nervous. So heal his little body. Let those uh, figure out what's going on with those seizures and uh, calm that so that they can get back home. And for Walt, of course, man, we all dearly love and appreciate. Uh, help him to feel better get his energy back and his strength back so he can be with us. And as the guys take up this offering, uh, I do pray, Lord, that as, uh, as we give, um, that it's not about what we give. It's, it's about, about who we're giving for and what we're giving for uh, to your glory and for the expansion of your kingdom and ultimately even, even for our growth and our faith with that and our trust in you. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, our text in Luke takes us to Luke 22, which uh, are the events leading up to the, to the death of Christ. And, and for, for us, it, it may seem out of place at Christmas time when you talk about 
the birth of Christ to be talking about the death of Christ. But it really does fit. Because literally the whole reason Jesus was born was to take the sins of the world for this moment right here. And that's where we are uh, in Luke 22. Read, read with me. Now the festival of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus. For they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and discussed uh, and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. The stage, the stage was set. Uh, it's go time. All the players were in place. The, the plan was to be enacted. All the planning, all the foreshadowing, all the miracles, all the healing, all the teaching, everything that Jesus came to this earth and was pointing toward, all, everything that the prophets had spoken of for centuries was pointing to this moment. The Passover, the time of sacrifice, says, was upon them. Satan had worked with his key conspirators, uh, Judas, one of his own, one of Jesus' own disciples, the, the, the religious leaders of the day, and even the political leaders of the day. He had manipulated and put things in place so Jesus could be killed. But his death was actually part of a plan. It wasn't Satan's plan that was going to be enacted. It was God's plan that was going to be enacted because he was born literally for this saving moment in time. Yeah, and it was even foretold about before his birth and at his birth. Uh, I want to take you to Matthew 1, uh, verses 18 through 21. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Before he was born, before he was conceived, this baby will be born of a virgin in a manger to be the savior of the people for their sins. And so, typically, Christmas Eve, Christmas, we talk about the birth. And, and I think that, to David's point, it's important that we talk about this birth because he was born for something. Then in Luke chapter 2, we see that Joseph and Mary make their way to Bethlehem, the town of David, where there was no guest room for him. She gave birth to a baby boy. She wraps him in cloth and lays him in a manger. There are shepherds in a field, and an angel appears to them and tells them that the Savior is born. He is the Messiah. And then in verse 13 of Luke chapter 2, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. This child was Jesus Christ the Messiah, and he was born for a redeeming purpose and exactly for what was to come. Let's spend some time worshiping this Savior born for this moment.
Not only was Jesus born for this saving moment, as the text continues, he was born for this particular Passover table that he was partaking of that night. The text goes on to say in Luke 22, Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. And then on down in verse 14, he said, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds its fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it amongst you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body for you. Do this, this Passover, in remembrance, not of Egypt, but remember me. This Passover was different for Jesus. This was Jesus' 33rd Passover that he had celebrated uh, since his birth. But this one was different. The table probably looked the same. The cups were there. The, the meal was there. The, the wine was there. Everything looked the same physically, but yet this one was different. The table set before Jesus on this Passover that he was born for was different. It was different physically. This table was physic, physically different for Jesus because here the giver of life is now becomes the receiver of death. The healer of wounded becomes wounded by the people he came to heal. He's the one who is binding the broken is now broken for our transgression. Emotionally, it was different. The one who was loyal and faithful is now being betrayed by those he was most loyal and faithful to. The one who acknowledged people the one who recognized people on a roadside crying out, the one who recognized people sitting in a tree trying to see him, the one who stopped and recognized and acknowledged the ones that would touch the hem of his garment are now denied by those who once proclaimed they never would. Encouraging the multitudes to being ridiculed by the masses. Innocent yet condemned at the same time. Spiritually, this table was different. Sinless to experiencing shame and guilt. Light of the world, experiencing darkness. Righteous judge, yet judged unrighteous. Outspoken and a defender to being silent when he was accused. And as Mike said Wednesday night, the physical world noticed this. Being born at night and angels and stars lit up the sky. But being crucified in the daylight and darkness filled the earth. This Passover was different. This was the one he was born for. Because this is the Passover that actually did its job and took away the sins of the world. The whole time accepting and obedient to the task that was before him. I mean, can you imagine that? Thinking that you were born for this. You were born to be the sacrificial lamb for people to have uh, forgiveness for their sins. You see, the stage was set for this from the beginning of the week leading up to that Passover. Passover is the celebration for Jews when God spared the Israelites in Egypt. And we know that the 10th and the Psalm was known as Lamb Selection Day. And the lamb would be shown all throughout the temple for four days until it ultimately came tice, uh, time for it to be sacrificed. They would examine it and make sure that it was good enough. All that week, Jesus would present himself as a lamb. He would come through the same gate that the lambs would come through during selection day on a donkey. And then he would show himself in the temple, telling people about what God wants them to know. 
And then he gets there with his disciples sitting for a Passover meal that was unlike any other Passover that they had had before. One that Jesus was born for and that he was fulfilling prophecy with. He took the cup and said, this is my blood which will be spilled. The new covenant, the covenant that covers you with blood of the lamb, sparing you from your sins and transgressions, making you blameless. Now, I know we're all thankful for that. Because there's not one of us amongst us that is, that is blameless. There's not one of us that is without sin. And it's because of Jesus being born for what he was born for that gives us an opportunity to live beyond the grave, to spend eternity in heaven. He offered his disciples a spot at the table and said, There's none greater among any of you, but I have a place for you at the table, and there will be a place for you in the kingdom also. Isn't that awesome? Mm. Isn't that amazing? Mm. And he said, because he's saying that very same thing to us today. He's saying, look, there's a spot for you at the table, and there's a spot for you in heaven. All you got to do is pull a seat up. It isn't just about his birth. It's about his purpose. And that purpose gives you an opportunity to live in heaven. And so you've seen the guys pass around the cups. We're about to get ready to go into a time of communion. But, you know, this Christmas, just as a forever family and as a church, let's not just focus on him being born, the lights, the songs, and everything else, the food that we're going to enjoy with family, but let's focus on what Jesus was born for Mm -hmm. because it gives us something that we can never buy ourselves. So I'm going to say a quick prayer for us. And then we're going to commune together as a family. The worship team is going to lead us in some more worship. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your sacrifice. We thank you for what you did at the cross. We thank you for the birth that led to your death and ultimately your resurrection. God, we just pray that uh, you be with us as a family, that we remember your blood that was spilled. We remember your body that was broken. And that we never forget that. We never take it for granted. God, I just pray that you bless us this morning. Be with us this morning and be with us uh, as we spend time with our families. And help us to remember you today by taking communion. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Isn't it amazing? Can y'all hear me? Yeah. There. Are y'all able to hear me? I had ear surgery Wednesday, so I can't hear anything, if I'm being honest. What'd you say? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. You got it. You got it. Yeah, actually, truth be told, this entire time, I hadn't been able to hear anything. I'm just rolling with it, you know? Uh, No, but look, when we think about Jesus and his birth during this season, during this time, and then we think about what he was born for, we have to remember that it wasn't for himself. It was for all of us. That birth, that baby in a manger, wasn't for just simply fulfilling law. It wasn't simply just for fulfilling a prophecy so that people could say, oh, God is real. No, it was for our own redemption. I want to read you some Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem those under the law, that that we might receive adoption to sonship, because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. Man, whenever I read that, I get a little fired up. He was born so that we can be reborn. He was born for us to have redemption. We can no longer be slaves to sin because we're adopted into sonship. We're no longer our own, but sons and daughters of the Most High God. If that don't fire you up, I don't know where you're at. Because here's the truth. If it's not for that, then we're all doomed. We're all doomed. We're talking about Jesus Christ was born into the world in a food trough for animals. The king of kings in the humblest place possible, born for the purpose of fulfilling the law, a new covenant, restoring those who should believe back to God. Giving us an opportunity to reside in heaven for the rest of eternity. He was born for our redemption to be the perfect sacrifice, making us more than conquerors, set apart, considered righteous. Don't you see it? That's what he was truly born for. That's what the season is all about. We wouldn't be celebrating the birth of a baby in, in the magnitude in which we celebrate the birth of a baby if it wasn't our Savior. If it wasn't the Messiah, if it wasn't the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords coming down to be a sacrifice for us. Because if it's not that, then it's just the birth of any other baby. That's not saying baby births ain't cool, right? But everything is changed because of that. Everything is changed because of the birth of this baby. And it's because he was born for the purpose. This is the birth of our Lord Jesus who died and then rose again from the grave, leaving us his Holy Spirit. Look, I never knew my father. I've been alone in this world since I was 13 years old, right? He was born so that I could be adopted into his family. He was born so that I don't have to walk out this earth alone. Matter of fact, what he's going to do is send me a Holy Spirit, a comforter, to be with me and to guide me. He's going to be my father up in heaven that I can turn to. And then, because he does exceedingly abundantly more than I will ever think or imagine, he's going to provide me a family here on earth. And that's what all of you are. So this season, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Because what he was born for, not just to be born and die and then raise again from the grave, but that then being the thing that allows us to be reborn, transformed, and walk in anew. The reason we celebrate the birth of a Savior is because that's what Jesus is. He's a Savior. As Brian said, he was born so we could be reborn. He was born so we could be born again. Those left after the death of Jesus, did what needed to be done. They took the body down. They laid him in a tomb and went home to uh, celebrate the Sabbath. And while they were there, they were preparing spices to come back to anoint 
his tomb. But they didn't know what we are privileged to know. When they returned to anoint a grave to cover the stench of death, there would be no stench of death because death had been defeated. Mm -hmm. There would be no stone to block death because life had moved the stone away. And that's what we celebrate. Him, our Savior, born for this. For this for this saving moment in time, for this Passover table that actually took away sin and born so we could be born again. And so it begs the question that we ask every week and often every day. If you've never made Jesus this saving Son of God, the Lord of your life, your Savior, why not? What in the world are you waiting on? Before services this morning... We baptized a young man, Dwight did, and we sat in a room up here and asked, uh, you know, why are you thinking about this? He's like, man, I, I, I just need to get things right, and i got a calling. Yes, you do. We all have a calling. We're called by the gospel to be right with God. Went over there, and I said, are you ready to make him the Lord of your life? Yes, sir, I am. Dwight baptized him and buried that old person, raised to walk a new life. If you've not done that, why not? What are you waiting on? Well, i got to figure some things out. Mm, how's that? You know, that, that ain't, ain't going to work. Don't trust your sober mind and your judgment, okay? Trust God's judgment. Get right. It's what he was born for. He was born for us to be saved from sin. He was born for us to be able to walk out this life as sons and daughters of the Most High. I'm going to say a prayer, and we're going to offer an invitation. There will be people here to pray for you. Uh, hey, if, if, if today's the day you want to put the Lord on in baptism, we can make that happen right after this is over for sure. So I'm going to pray and we're going to sing and we'll offer this invitation. Lord, we're grateful that you were born for this. Uh, and I know we get confused a lot in uh, the, the, all the business that is around this season, but I pray, Father, that we're about the business of this season, mm-hmm. and that is exalting you as our Savior. Yes, Lord. And, Father, if there's anybody here, anybody watching online that has never named you as their Savior, I pray that they do not leave today. They don't get through this season, and it just goes by the wayside for another year. But it goes this moment. This moment is what you were born for. This moment so that we could be born again. So, Father, as we many here carry heavy hearts, I pray that this saving moment releases those burdens. Father, I pray that this saving moment for which you were born gives life and renewed joy in life that maybe has been hit hit us pretty hard. So whatever it is, Father, we pray that your presence is here and our hearts are open through Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing.
we begin to land the plane, this doesn't end a response to God. And so there will be people around if you want to pray, spend some time. Uh, this, is, this is open for that because he was born for this moment and continues this moment on for sure. So on behalf of the elders here and the staff and, and everybody that volunteers, we love you. You are loved. Merry Christmas. And from this moment, I declare joy overflowing, calories not counting, and your taste buds be on fire. We love you guys. Merry Christmas.